Hey, my name is Katie Ballmer, and I am your host. This is the Truth for Your 20s podcast. Today, we are talking about Hollywood, marketing, sex, the media, and how it all applies to you. Put your seatbelts on. This is going to be a good one. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. So I read this book called Influence. It's basically a marketing book and has a lot to do with studying why we behave the way we behave, why we buy what we buy, and how we define our everyone. And this is probably something you haven't thought about, but who you define as your everyone is a really big deal because the people that surround you, there's tons of studies on this, but the people that you surround yourself with are, are highly, highly influential to the decisions that you make. So people will tell me a lot of times, for example, that you know, in this young 20-year-old stage, they feel like, quote, everyone is getting married. And I get it. That is a realistic feeling because... Well, first of all, your social media feed is going to give you those top rated posts, right? When someone gets engaged or gets married, those posts have a lot of likes and a lot of comments. So they're going to show up at the top of your feed. So that's number one. And number two, yes, you are in a stage where several people around you are in that getting married stage. And so you're starting to tell yourself like, oh my gosh, everyone around me is getting married, which translates to pressure on yourself. And there's a whole lot to unpack there. A lot of people rush into getting married because they feel this way, which is obviously not a good idea. And I talk a lot about that. But first, I just want to define for you and help you understand who is your everyone. I chuckle sometimes when a college student will tell me, oh, everyone is getting married. I'm like, really? Everyone? Is everyone in the same time zone that you're in? Does everyone speak the same language you speak? So taking a little like zoomed out view, reminding yourself that truly the whole world is not getting married right now makes you feel a little bit better. Okay. And second of all, you know, I'm on the other side of this fence. I've been married for 16 years and I know a lot of people that in our young 20 stage rushed into marriage because they felt this pressure of the quote to everyone getting married. And that ended up not being a good decision. I also know people that went through the pressure and, you know, I'm sure they felt that and I'm sure it was a little bit frustrating for a very short time period of life and pushed through that quote, everyone stage and ended up getting married, you know, young thirties or even later and made really good decisions. Now, this is not to say there is a magic age of when you should or should not get married. It it depends on when you have found a life partner. And I'm not just take, talking about someone who gives you butterflies. That's cute and all. But when you have found someone to run the race with, to like, we are together linking arms, deciding to do this thing called life 
there's going to be hardship. There's going to be crap in our way. There's going to be a lot of stuff. But we, you and me, have decided through thick and thin to go through this life together. Um, there's no magic age for that. But I'm getting off a tangent here. I just don't want you to rush into everyone because it's not everyone. All right. And that is just one little topic. The main thing I want to unpack is the pressure of the media and how it affects our buying decisions. Okay. This gets me fired up. So put your seatbelts on. <laughs> I think I already said that part. When it comes to the way our media has hypersexualized everything, really, we are, we are taught to think that casual sex is normal. It is, it is laughable. Even I remember seeing a commercial, a simple commercial. I wasn't even watching the show where a guy sits up in the bed, props his head on his hands. And he looks at the girl beside him. It's obvious like this morning after scene. And he says, what's your name again? And the audience laughs. So in that 10 second clip, I am taught casual sex is normal. Casual sex is laughable. It's not a big deal. And, but I'm taking a step back, looking at this thinking, were they really laughing? Because I know how they do these things. I used to work in commercials. It is all editing. They took a canned laughter soundtrack. Someone hit play after he said that, and it made it look like it was hilarious. No one was actually laughing, but the people in that made the script made it look like it was hilarious because of editing. Think about it this way. Okay, so the people that make movies, make commercials, make sitcoms, they come up with these ideas somewhere, right? So they all get together in this boardroom and it's like, what about this idea? And I hear that this is trending and I know that this is a popular topic. Uh, I seriously doubt ever in the history of ever has there been someone who stood up and said, hey, you know, I think that we should create a movie to help educate young men and women how to date healthy how to have a mutually beneficial and respectful relationship and walk into their first years of marriage well. Like, <laughs> they're, they're not thinking that. They're not bad people, but you know what they're thinking? They're thinking money, 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 money. I mean, they are thinking, okay, here, here's, this is simple marketing 101. If they come up with something risque, like 50 shades of questionable decisions, guess what? the press is going to be all over it, meaning they're going to get tons and tons of free advertising because they are pushing the envelope and they're like doing something scandalous. And so people are going to be talking about it. Meanwhile, the movie makers are laughing all the way to the bank because they're getting, they don't even have to buy the ads. The newspaper is doing articles on it. People are blogging about it. Everyone's talking about it and they don't even have to do any advertising. Meanwhile, no one thought up, you know what, we're going to write this script as a good example of what a healthy relationship should look like. We are just going to get people to show up in droves to buy the movie tickets, to buy the t-shirts, to buy all the memorabilia and millions and millions of dollars later. I mean, we're sitting here thinking that this is a normal, we're told by the media that this is somehow normal and healthy. And like, no, no one ever intended it to be. We don't need to look to the media as what a healthy relationship should look like. And this is complicated, right? Because a lot of parents are not teaching their children what a relationship, a healthy relationship looks like. Perhaps they weren't modeled that. You know, um, I've mentioned this before, but between my husband and I, our 
four parents, like mom, dad on each side have a total of nine divorces. So neither of us have a great example of what a healthy marriage should look like. And I know that we're not the only ones in that boat. So, so where do we look? Where do we even find a healthy marriage? And it's normal to be like, oh, well, this show on TV, this movie, perhaps this is right because we don't know. Um, but again, I just want you to take a step back and say, movie makers, that was never their intention. That was never their intention to model what a healthy relationship looks like. And reality sh- TV shows aren't helping. Certainly the WAP song is not helping. They are out to make money. It is a money-making industry. Your best interests are not considered. Let me give you another example. Y'all, this is crazy. Okay, I'm so interested in this stuff, so I just like dive into it and learn all of the things. But in the 1970s, there was an extremely popular ad campaign. Actually, last I looked, it was still one of the top 10 most popular ad campaigns, but it was in the 1970s for a brand of coffee called Sanka Coffee, S-A-N-K. I just Googled it. You can still buy it, but essentially it was one of the very first decaf coffee, so an alternative to caffeinated coffee, and so it was advertised as the healthier alternative. Well, Sanka Coffee was smart enough to hire Robert Young to be their celebrity endorsement. Now, many of your grandparents probably still remember this or know who Robert Young is. I had to Google all of this. But I remember learning about this because, again, it was such a popular ad campaign. It was, it was studied. Like, how was this done so well? Anyway, Robert Young played a doctor on a very popular TV show. So a lot of people knew him as a doctor. So it made sense in Sanka Coffee's brain to hire Robert Young as this well-known doctor, at least he played one on TV, to represent this healthy alternative to Sanka Coffee. You guys, this was such a freaking big deal that if you look today, a lot of times at Waffle House or IHOP or anywhere where there's a decaf and a regular coffee side by side, oftentimes the decaf has an orange label still to this day because Sanka Coffee has its orange labeling. It's kind of known for being, the orange was like its color. This was such a successful ad campaign. To this day, we associate orange with decaf coffee. Here's the point in all of this. Robert Young, the real Robert Young, only had a high school diploma. He never went to med school, yet he played a doctor on TV, put on a lab coat, put the stethoscope around his neck, and endorsed Sanka Coffee, and it was such a successful ad campaign, we're still talking about it to this day. Here's another example. Mandy Moore endorses Garnier hair color. Okay, Mandy Moore is gorgeous. She has beautiful hair. She is on the commercials for Garnier hair color. Awesome. You guys, do we really think a beautiful Hollywood actress with bazillions of dollars at her disposal, with someone who probably comes in and does her hair and makeup on the regular, an esthetician, a built-in chef who gives her healthy food, a physical trainer, all of that stuff, do we really think she gets her hair dye at Walmart? Yes, I understand. And actually, this is only true in recent years that celebrities who do endorse said products have to use it for the commercial or whatever. But on the regular, do we really think Mandy Moore is using Garnier hair color? And there's tons of examples. I mean, JLo endorses L'Oreal lip gloss or whatever. Like, JLo, you are gorgeous. But I'm just saying, Think about all of the hired help she has, and she probably has plastic help and chemical peels, and I don't even know all the names of all the fancy things that the plastic surgeons are able to offer. Do we really think the secret to her beauty is a $7 tube of lip gloss? You know what I'm saying? 
I'm just like, and we do this all the time. I see it all the time in advertising and in marketing. And I'm not trying to say we're dumb, but clearly it's working. And my point in this podcast episode is to take a step back and think the people who are making this commercial, the people that are making this movie, they're not bad people. They're not trying to take advantage of you, but their goal is not to help you be a better person and to change your life. Their goal is to make money. There's this documentary called The Merchants of Cool, and they dissect how the media frames their advertising, explaining how if you buy their product, you will be, then be cool, right? That, that's in a lot of marketing if you look into it. But in their research, and, and we know this to be true if we think about it, but in their research, they found that no one ever feels cool. Like we never arrive at feeling good enough or cool enough. So the media just feeds on this and continually reminds us we don't have hair as beautiful as Mandy Moore. Therefore, we need Garnier hair color. We don't have lips as luscious as JLo. Therefore, we need L'Oreal lip gloss. Here's a quote from Merchants of Cool. It says, Advertising has always sold anxiety, and it certainly sells anxiety to the young. It's always telling them that they are not enough, and then they're not pretty enough. Then they don't have the right friends, or they have no friends. They're losers unless they're cool. But I don't think anyone ever, deep down, really feels cool enough, ever. Here's the ironic thing. You, my target market, I'm speaking mostly to young women in their 20s. You actually are one of the most powerful marketing demographics on planet Earth. Here's a few numbers. Roughly 33 million strong within your age demographic spend an estimated $9,000 every minute, every minute, you guys. Collectively speaking, your estimated worth of your, just getting a hold of your advertising dollars, there's a $150 billion price tag. I just listened to a six-part documentary talking about the wars between TikTok and Instagram. And what both of these companies know is being able to tap into that younger demographic as it relates to social media, as it relates to any type of marketing is a gold mine. I mean, you guys are so, so influential. So here's my point to all of this. What do you decide is cool? You have so much more power than you realize. And thanks to buyouts and mergers within big networks, big media networks, um, these numbers might be different at this point, but last I looked, only 232 human beings, high-rise media executives, are controlling the media diet of our entire American population, probably, probably even more than that. The same people that know and understand that you are this precious goldmine of a target market are in control of what they feed you through mainstream media. And I realize, you know, a lot of people are like against mainstream media and people are getting their news and other sources and that's a whole other thing to unpack. But my question here is to my young friends who are listening to the media as we all are and that's fine and you're taking your information from here and from there and you're absorbing it and, you know, deciding your worldview. Who are you listening to? Who are you allowing to speak into that one precious, beautiful brain of yours and to decide what matters, to decide what's cool, to decide what's normal? 232 agenda-driven media executives or people who have your best interest at heart? Let's talk about this as it relates to sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. I can't help myself. Okay, so... (laughs) 
I recently had a video blow up in the land of social media. Perhaps you're following me from the first time from finding me from that. Hello. And talking about what I've learned from working with a PhD on the science behind this gift called sex. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am, but I want to let you know some quick, exciting things that are happening behind the scenes. So that video I just referenced blew up so much that we have 350 people as of the time I am talking to you signed up for a webinar this coming Wednesday. And with the explosion of comments and feedback on that video, with the, you know, I was expecting 50 people to show up for this webinar and we have 350 um, and possibly more because we have two more days to promote it. There's obviously a need to understand this confusing world of dating. And I get it. Most parents are not talking to their children about it. And, you know, you're left to figure it all out through reality TV. And that turns out it's not a very reliable source. So this episode goes live on Tuesday, the 26th and on Thursday, January 28th. I'm so excited about this. The doors are going to be open for my new course from heartbreak to happily ever after. This is going to be a course to walk you through what it looks like to get over a breakup, how to navigate healing from that the right way instead of just stuffing it under a rug because when that happens, those hurts often show up in future relationships. So healing from a heartbreak, walking into how to date with intention, how to do this thing well, how to know if you are choosing the right person, and then even into the first few years of marriage. So I want to walk you through everything to prepare you for this incredible, I, I love dating. I think it's such a beautiful stage and I'm here for healthy relationships. But what I see time and time again is beautiful young women and men walking into a dating relationship with no plan and no intention and wonder why it didn't work out the way they had hoped. And you know, if you think about it, we invest in our education, we invest in makeup, we invest in entertainment, but we are not spending time and or resources to invest in one of potentially the most important decisions of our life, and that is a dating relationship. So the best way you can make sure you don't miss this is if you are on my email list, if you have taken a free quiz for me, you'll be on that email list. If you haven't already, make sure you take my free quiz, how to make a dating plan. The link is there at my profile on Instagram or TikTok. And I hope, oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to be in on this inside group from heartbreak to happily ever after. So we've known for a number of years now that oxytocin is prevalent in both men and women. Oxytocin is known as the bonding hormone, and it is the same hormone that is released when a mother nurses her newborn baby. Um, it is released during a sexual encounter in both men and women. The new science, however, and this was in the video that I was unpacking, is talking about vasopressin, which has been known for a long time to deal with water absorption and blood pressure. And I had several like nurses, like that's what it's for. Yes, it does have a role in that. However, um, most recent findings have found that exclusively in men, it is used to bond them to a woman and that actually grows the more they date. So there's vasopressin receptors in a man's brain and that is part of that pursuit. Like men want to chase a woman's heart, right? And those grow and grow and build and build and even hits of dopamine are given when the guy is, is pursuing and dating and courting, if you will, getting to know the girl he is dating. And as that vasopressin grows and grows, he feels more and more bonded. Several people asked in that video how long. And as you can imagine, there is no magic number. You know, obviously, as you wait and grow bonded, 
that's always a good thing. As I've mentored young women and even young marrieds, I've never met a couple who wishes they would have become intimate sooner. So keep that in your brain because more often than not, physical intimacy is rushed and then then they don't really even know each other. And there's a, just so much to unpack there. So rushing, um, I, I've never seen a couple wish they would have rushed it sooner. And I get it. You know, he smells good. He's cute. <laughs> I get it. Like if, if you are attracted to him, that means your hormones are working and that means you are are healthy. Like it is a good thing to be attracted to them. Like all of that is healthy and don't beat yourself up for that. It's in having clear communication in what matters to you in a dating relationship. And it blows my mind that we can be a sex saturated culture as we're talking about on this episode, yet we can't have a realistic one-on-one conversation with someone we are considering (laughs) getting naked with. Like if our world talks about sex 24-7, why can't we have a realistic conversation about what matters to us in a dating relationship? So what matters to you, sister? What matters or brother? I have a large majority of women, but love you if you're here, if you're a dude too. Anyway, what matters to you in a dating relationship? What's important to you? Instead of asking how far is too far, ask how can I honor myself and how can I honor them? How can I honor both of our future marriages or relationships? But one telltale sign to know when a man is bonded to a woman is when he feels protective of her as it relates to other males. Now, not protective around her as where, you know, like there's some control issues and I'm not talking about that at all. It's just, it's just commitment. It's like, this is my woman. I don't want her dating other guys. I don't want to date other girls. Exclusivity, you know, this is you and me, you and me, not I'm exploring my options. Like, no, that's whatever with that. But check out episode number 47 of the podcast. We talk all about this and dive into all kinds of science behind sex if you're more interested in hearing more about that. But here's my point. That video obviously struck a chord because if that science is correct, if it is correct that men and women benefit from dating instead of just jumping into a hookup, then that means it stepped on some people's toes, right? And it's very, very frustrating. And some of the comments were saying that I was being judging because that I'm the furthest person from the judger. I was in those shoes. I was looking for love in anyone, you know, anyone that could make me feel loved for even a minute. And I found that when I looked for love in a hookup, I just felt more empty than before I even started looking. On episode 29 of the podcast, I interviewed Angela and Carson. Angela was a former Miss Texas and kind of got into the limelight by winning a reality show. And through that reality show, it kind of became public that she had decided to wait for marriage. And on public television, was told that she wasn't a modern day woman and essentially just told that she was wrong. And her husband now was a major league baseball player. And it became known through that that he had waited for marriage. And people ridiculed. He had people throw slushies at him on a bus. You got to listen to that episode. But what I'm saying is we're celebrating promiscuity and throwing slushies at people who wait. Essentially because a money-hungry world of media has told us that casual sex is hilarious. The media has put lab coats on people with a high school diploma and made millions of dollars off Sanka coffee. They have told us that a $7 tube of lip gloss will change our lives. I'm just saying perhaps the media 
doesn't have all the answers and doesn't have our best interest at heart. I am not here to say that we need to throw slushies at anybody. I'm just here to say perhaps we are not listening to the right voices. There's also a marketing term as it pertains to what we're talking about called pluralistic ignorance, (laughs) meaning that we look to people around us to what we define as normal behavior. Now, this isn't always a bad thing because we look to normal social cues for what we wear to the dinner party, for where we throw the popcorn away after the movie, for just normal behaviors in society. This is, this is essentially what we were talking about in defining your everyone. Well, if everyone is doing it, then it must be right, right? And in the book, he gave an example of buffalo. Yes, I said buffalo. And this is fascinating. Okay, so stay with me. For hundreds, if not thousands of years, the way that Native Americans have hunted buffalo is around this idea of pluralistic ignorance. All right, so how it works is they would get a male decoy, so a human being with a buffalo skin and head, to get the attention of at least one buffalo. So buffaloes are usually in herds, so a huge group of them, and the male decoy would somehow get the attention of ensue panic or ensue something that they need to run in the direction of the male decoy. So whether it looked like a lion was on the way or whatever. So in one way or another, the male decoy would get the attention of at least one buffalo. And again, this is a huge herd of them. And one buffalo would start to be like, oh, I need to run this way. So he would start to walk and then start to run toward male decoy. And then a buffalo beside him or her, I don't know, (laughs) would see that there was some urgency and start to walk or run toward this male decoy. And before you know it, one by one started a crowd to run toward the decoy of the male buffalo. So now the human being is up in a tree somewhere, run away from safety, because at this point, an entire herd is rushing toward what they're not even sure at this point, because one buffalo said, oh, there's danger. There's something I need to run toward. I need to go this way. And then it was buffalo after buffalo looking to their left and their right saying, oh, well, if they're running, then I should run too. And at this point, 99% of them don't even know what or why they are running. But by golly, the buffalo to the right and the left of me is running, so I better hightail it in this direction. This worked so well and so often. What they don't know is they were running full force toward a cliff. And Native Americans would kill so many buffaloes in this way, they couldn't even possibly use their skin and meat because it was just a massacre of buffalo around this idea of pluralistic ignorance. One buffalo decided it was a good idea to run this way, and then everyone else said, oh, well, if they're doing it, I must do it. Well, now if everyone's doing it, it must be a good idea. This is what is happening in our society. One person says, oh, well, I'm going to run this way. And before we know it, we don't even have anyone's taking a step back to say, where are we running? What are we running toward? Is this even a good direction? Is there danger ahead? Do I even want to run on the same path that the person to the right or to the left of me is even running? Pluralistic ignorance is essentially autopilot for our brain. We all do it. We all look to the right and left and say, oh, well, if they're doing it, it must be a good idea. The problem lies is many people don't take time to step back and say, well, what are the coordinates of where this plane is headed? Is there a cliff ahead? Is there danger ahead? And 
is this even in my best interest to run along with the crowd? But just for fun, let's say the crowd is right. Media is right, uh, culture is right, and sex is no big deal. It's just whatever, you just have fun, it's not a big deal. Then why is our culture absolutely obsessed with it? (laughs) There are other things for consenting adults to do for quote fun. I mean, people go to the golf course, people go to the movies. There are a million ways to find quote entertainment that we are not nearly as obsessed with. That is not on every billboard, in every song, on every magazine cover as this thing called sex. We say it's no big deal. We have 232 media executives deciding for us through our media that it's no big deal. But listen, seriously, I want you to be honest with yourself. I don't think you need me to tell you that sex is more to what our media is telling us. You are smart enough to download a podcast to better yourself. You are smart enough to have instincts to know there is more to it than what our media and what the pluralistic ignorance world is telling us. We know, we know deep down. Studies actually show us that women are four times more sexually intelligent, meaning you have better instincts, just instinctually knowing the hookup culture is not in our best interest as human beings. Now, this doesn't mean that men are dumb around this at all. It just means that women have those instincts four times more sexually intelligent, meaning they know instinctually what is best. And men, we love men. This is not men hating, but men simply think boobies. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you like it is. But seriously, think about it. Hookup culture is not what is best for our offspring. I mean, studies are going to show us that a man and woman, a father and mother both present in the home, it's going to be better for the children, which means, you know, uh, can we remember that um, sex produces children and then the mother and father being bonded in together in the home is going to be what's best for the offspring, meaning we simply need to elevate this view. So maybe you're listening and like, all right, you know, she's made some good points, but, but does she realize like, really, like everyone, everyone is shacking up. Like, is she is she just blinded? Like, what's wrong with this Katie girl? All right, that's fine. You can, you can think that. But let me point out that once upon a time, quote, everyone smoked cigarettes. This wasn't even that long ago. Like my grandmother's generation, everyone smoked. In fact, they sent as many cigarettes to the GIs in World War II as they could possibly smoke. There's even, speaking of old advertisements, there's even doctors who for a time period endorsed cigarettes. And then it was like, "Uh uh-oh, that stuff will kill you. Once upon a time, there was asbestos used in building materials. And then it was like, "Uh uh-oh, that stuff is terrible for you. Shoot, once upon a time, everyone thought the earth was flat. And that was a big uh uh-oh too. We have, as a society, endorsed and told each other in this form of pluralistic ignorance that everyone's doing it and this is the right way and then thought, "Uh uh-oh, maybe that's not the right way. With every piece of content I put out there, I always want you to hear from me. I don't care about where you have been. I care about where you are going. I don't care what happened last spring break, last year, or last night. That was yesterday. And today is a new day, a day you get to decide which voices you're listening to and which direction you're going. So I've given you a lot of stuff to think about. We have touched on all the good countercultural arguments, right? And I hope that I've inspired you to look at something differently, but I'm doing you a disservice if I just challenge your thinking and not give you tools moving forward. So here are three questions to a filter to run through, so to speak, as you make 
big decisions going forward. The first question is, is what I see even real? So when it comes to media or advertisements or even uh, canned laughter when it comes to a soundtrack, is what I'm watching real? So that's the first question. And the second question is, does what I see reflect the life I truly desire? So the media with fancy camera angles and lighting can glamorize and sensualize and make pretty much anything look sexy. I mean, let's be real. They're good at it. That's what they're best at, honestly. And they have all the fanciest equipment to make, to sell, to sell us on whatever they want. And don't hear me saying that all media executives are evil, but I just want to remind you, you know, as we said in that documentary, The Merchants of Cool, the agenda is to communicate that you are less than and you will only be good enough if you buy said product and good enough is an elusive target that is always moving and no one ever finds it. So does what I see reflect the life I truly even desire? That's, a, that's the best question. If you hear nothing else, hear that one. And then the last one is who is benefiting from me taking in this message? When you go see a questionable movie or listening to a song, who's, who's benefiting from that? Is it you? Because a lot of times it's not. You know, WAP has millions, if not billions of downloads. And I don't think a lot of young people have benefited from hearing that song. It is the producers, the people who sang it, lining their pockets. And it is not your best interest at heart. So again, to recap, is what I'm seeing even real? Does it reflect the type of life I truly desire? And who is benefiting from me seeing this message? Okay, and one more thing, because I can hear a girl on the other side of these earbuds saying, this is cool information, Katie, but it's too late for me. Sister, this is me grabbing you by the shoulders, looking you eyeball to eyeball and saying, it is never, ever too late to decide how you want to be treated. No one is too far gone. You are a precious and beautiful, created human being worthy of love, worthy to be treated with respect, and you are never, ever too far gone. I hope this message is empowering. It helps equip you to walk forward into the life that you desire and helps you walk forward into healthy relationships because relationships are made to build and have a partnership and go together in this thing called life supporting each other. Never selfish desires, only to support. Oh, guys, huh. did, we, did we just solve all the world's problems? <laughs> I know we didn't, but hopefully we at least made a difference for one of you out there. And if it's you, I would love it if you share this message on social media. Just take a screenshot wherever you're listening right now and share it. If you tag me at Katie Bulmer Life, I would gladly reshare it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you all of you who share your review on iTunes. So fun fact, reviews is how magical internet fairies are able to make sure other girls find it. So sharing an iTunes review and putting it up on your social is the best compliment you can give me. Thank you so much for showing up. And I hope today that you gain some truths for your 20s.